You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? I can't wait till you guys see the uh, hollow foil cover that we've got planned for this podcast. It's going to be the first podcast in 3D. That's yeah, right. Surprisingly enough, we got uh, Rob Liefeld to do art for uh, a variant cover. We won't have any feet, but man, you should see all the pouches all I got on my costumes. Uh, it, it sounds like I'm making fun of Rob Liefeld, but I love you, Rob. Don't, don't, don't think I don't. So I'm poking fun at you, Rob. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, we have um, 92 issues, and we are uh, going to talk about uh, a comic book story that is celebrating its 25th year this year, this month. Started this month, well, okay, fair enough, it started last month, April, right? however you want to put it, but uh, we're, we, 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 in the process. we would be in the thick of things at this point. Oh, God, yes. So, uh, Nightfall, Batman Nightfall, this is a, a, a huge... Oh, I mean, it's a huge story for Batman. Oh, it was. I mean, like... This was, like, you. the way you like to describe it is this is the follow-up to Superman's death a year before, right? Yeah, this pretty is, much. This is like, okay, we got people in the comic book stores. How do we keep them? It's Batman's turn. It's Batman's <laughs> turn. We're not going to kill him because that's what we did with Superman a year ago. What's the next best thing? What's the next best thing to a dead Batman? Like, Batman can come back from death, as we've seen. Yeah. But what happens if you break the Batman? Yep, and that's where it all came from. And I mean... Yeah, that thing was crazy. And I mean, talk about the way they did it, too. Like, they put out these books on the market. So, like, you, you've got the Vengeance of Bane one-shot. That book still has a command. Like, I've been like, oh, I don't have I mean, I've got it in trade. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to get a copy. Still $25 to this day just wow. for that one book. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll wait, see if I get lucky sometime. But Vengeance of Bane hits. Boom. So now we get the new character Bane, which comes from the Venom... Uh, formula, which was established earlier in the early 90s, late 80s from the Legends book. And then, you know, boom, they put out another book, The Sword of Asriel. And it's, yeah, and it's like, what's going on? We don't know yet. And then it's all going to culminate. And I mean, we would see Gene Paul Valley now is running around with uh, Bruce Wayne and Tim Drake. Uh, Bane is starting to get more prevalent in the Batman books. And then finally, I think it was, I want to say Batman issue 492, Arkham explodes its mad guts on Gotham City. And we still don't know what's going to happen. Because they didn't, like, I, I don't think it was until, because I want to say I think it was part 11 when they broke Matt, Batman's back. Right. So it wasn't until, like, the solicitate, not the solicits, but, like, the cover art and the, the interior art and the ads until, like, part 8 of the story where they're like, who will break the bat? And you're still kind of like, what? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's the story we'll be talking about. That's the challenge that we set for ourselves to cast it in the Marvel universe. Uh, we'll get to that eventually, but we're going to talk about the spinner rack right now. So what is coming out today on the spinner rack? Okay, so here we go. If you're getting to your local comic shop, um, Batman issue 44 will be getting a second print by the fantastic Jonelle Jones. Um, her art is awesome. So this one, I haven't 
yet to see a picture of it, but I'd be very curious. I think what they'll do is they might do a split cover, because uh, if I remember my numbers correctly, the regular cover was Bruce looking at Bruce Wayne in a tuxedo looking at the mirror with Batman reflecting back, and the variant cover was Catwoman in her wedding dress looking at the mirror seeing Catwoman look back at her, something to that effect. So I almost think they might do a split cover in that one. Um, Batman White Knight issue 8 of 8 so the White Knight universe will get its conclusion uh, we still haven't confirmed if there's going to be a sequel or not but this has been a fun ride yeah you know what I really have enjoyed the White Knight like the Neo Joker stuff I don't know how much I appreciate that and like the last issue I read I think was 6 um, I really I really dug it I really issue, yeah issue 6 I really dug um, and then him like the, the Joker or Jack Napier I should say you know showing up to be like uh yeah let's get the bat out because he's gonna help me destroy the neo joker because i can't do this on my own and then him going off his meds at the end of the book and he's you know going back to being joker yeah because he needs to be the joker to take on the neo joker the only way to do this (laughs) (laughs) which is just insane and the book itself it i mean i love how it does i mean I don't know why DC is so uh, dead set against saying Elseworlds right now, <laughs> but it's so obvious in Elseworlds, and they then they go and like put things in there to be like, hey, this is obviously not the regular continuity right. because Jason Dot Todd was the first uh, Robin, and uh, he's dead, and uh, <clears throat> uh, Dick is Nightwing, and he's a you know he's kind of a cop. I don't know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's semi law enforcement. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I know at, at one point I didn't enjoy the book because they, they did that whole uh, Jack uses Clayface and Mad Hatter to take over all the villains to then frame Batman for fucking up the, the not the Narrows. Is it the Narrows? I think it was the Narrows, yeah, but I could be influenced by the movie, but I was pretty sure it was the Narrows. I yeah. think that's what they called it, the Narrows, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the, I mean, there's things in there that's like, it doesn't make any sense for the story they're trying to tell, but then they, they do ring it in for, like, a good story. Yeah. Well, tell me, I enjoy it. The art, it's a tour de force of, like, look at these iconic Batman costumes. Look at these right. iconic uh, Gotham City landmarks. Look at these iconic Batmobiles. My God, like, Sean Murphy killing Batmobiles. it. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. So It's, like, probably, like, a mandate. Like, every issue, <laughs> I want a different Batmobile or create your own if need be. <laughs> But yeah, it'll finally be coming to a conclusion. Um, if you can get all eight issues, go get them. If you can't, wait for the trade. It's worth it. I mean, it's. I, I think it'll read better in trade just because it'll be continuous. We've had to wait eight months. And I think it was right around the point, I think we were talking about like four and five. Like that's right around when they said, oh, we're going to expand it from six to eight. Yeah. And I felt like, yeah, there was some kind of like, oh, I need to draw this out. And it yeah. felt weird. You know? <laughs> but still, very, very nice story. Uh, Detective Comics issue 980 will be out. This continues on the Batman Eternal storyline, and this is uh, James Tynion the Fourth. He's he's getting ready to exit the book. Uh, he, you know, this is if there's ever one regret that I have with DC Rebirth, it's missing out on Detective Comics. From what I hear from you and and the other folks that talk about comics, I, I just hear nothing but great stuff about it. So you know, this is like the second to last issue. So you know, do yourself a favor. This is going to be hitting the high point. And then next one's the end point. So see see about picking those up. Yeah, I was gonna say the last issue I read of Detective uh, Tim Tim Drake, you know, was kind of pissed off at everybody, and he because of the whole uh, Batwoman contingency or whatever you want to call it. Right. And uh, the the guy who got kicked out of the colony, you know, the colonists, no, the colony men. I don't I don't remember the group that 
Batwoman's father runs. I forget what they're called. I think it was the colony. It was the colony. I think I'm not sure. Yeah, he get he got kicked out because he was a little too crazy. But he knows. It, but essentially, he has the he had the diary of future Tim Drake, and you know. Oh yeah, he was using that as like his yeah his guide, and essentially he used it to take over Omac. So Tim Drake is like, oh, maybe I can work with this guy to shut it down. Shut it, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where it's going, but it sounds like. Uh, what it sounds like in the newest issue or the next issue we're coming is going to be the Gotham Knights versus the OMAC. Oh, I picture, yeah, it'll all come to that big conclusion. Um, one thing that's pretty cool, they, they finally released the cover, so it'll be Batman 981. So if you go back to when DC Comics, or sorry, Detective Comics relaunched for the rebirth, so when it hit the first 900 issue again, when they started the big numbers, mm-hmm. so it's Batman at the center and then basically the Gotham Knights surrounding him. It's that cover again, but now the Gotham Knights are all jumping off to do their own thing. Oh. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, talk about some cool bookend cover marks there, you know? Now, Batman is the issue, is the story, or no, I'm sorry, is the book where Batman and Catwoman are married, right? Yes. But Detective is obviously the one with the high number. It's yeah. going to hit 1,000. Very soon, yeah, in about yeah. 20 months, so... You know, about what they're they're I think they're doing dual shipping. Yeah. So ten months from now, roughly. Now, when I think the weird thing is that Batman is a detective, but he's not the central focus. So yeah. Do you at this point do you start throwing in more Batman into that story to like make it so make it so that his one thousandth issue is more about him, or do you pull like what they did with Action Comics number one thousand, just kind of like do a whole bunch of hodgepodge stories? I, I think that's what it'll be. I think it'll because the new writer that's stepping in, he's basically doing that outsider stuff. Mm-hmm. So again, it's kind of like, oh, it's the team book. It's the Gotham team book. And so I feel Batman will be, you know, he'll be present. But it's like if you were reading Batman and the Outsiders or Batman and JLA, it's not necessarily the Batman that Tom King's writing mm-hmm. or what's going on there won't. Like, they might mention it to, like, oh, yeah, we respect continuity. But I think by the time we get to 1,000, it's going to be another jam book. You know, and even then, what would be kind of interesting is, you know, do you do something daring and not have Batman in it? So when you have that 1,000 issue, you go back and you take all the old pulp detective characters. You do an episode with, or, an issue, or a, a story with the Crimson Avenger, uh, Slam Brady, and all those guys, yeah. And, and you have those characters because they were there in Detective Comics number one. So do you pay heritage and then an homage to that? And then when Detective Comics hits 1,027, then you make it the anniversary because that'll be Batman's 1,000th appearance in Detective Comics. Mm. I don't know, just some thoughts there. So, yeah, that, that would be interesting. I, I would probably do that. I would do 1,000 as a jam issue, kind of like Action Comics 1,000. So have something with Batman. Maybe you have him team up with all those characters. Conclusion at the end, written by different people. And then 1,027, you, you, get, you squeeze out another... Hey, it's not a cool number, but it has historical it significance. It has historical significance? Yeah, significance. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would do. Uh-huh. I'm going to take your money, fans. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, but continuing on, uh, Flash 46. We are on the road to Flash War. I'm excited for this. I really think um, I, I think if you're a Wally fan, you need to be reading right now. Um, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out of this for Wally. I have a good feeling, and I think we're going to finally have two Flash books, which we should be having. So maybe we'll get some... Uh, resolve with Wally and Linda. Maybe we'll get the twins back. Bart, I don't know, but this one's going to be good because basically right now, oh man, I can't, um, the reverse flash, the last one that they had, um, 
The one who was the profile, yeah, Zoom, yeah. Uh, Hunter Zolomon. He's been playing a big part in this, and that's not anything really related to Barry. So this is exciting. So I hope that maybe, you know, it's like, hey, because, like, it's kind of funny. And I was thinking about this. I was listening to somebody talk about Ghost Rider. And it's like, who's the best Ghost Rider? Now, in my mind, I say Johnny Blaze. Right. He was the first and all this now. But the truth is, it is Danny Ketch. Right. I mean, Danny Ketch gave us the cool look, the better power set, the better villains. Everything was better. And then once the movie came, it's like, oh, well, Johnny will usurp it to, you know, get that back. So I almost kind of feel that's the same thing with Flash. Like, yeah, you know, Flash did have the rogues, but from 59 or no 56 to 86 you had barry and then from 86 to like 2007 i think or something like that that was wally and wally did a lot for the flash in that time i mean he's what gave us the speed force i don't think it should be a barry thing i think that should have been a flash thing but wally would be more the master yeah i think and i feel like every time you see barry depicted in other things other than comic books he it's, is Wally. It's really Wally that yeah. you're seeing, but they're calling it Barry. And yeah. and then when they brought Barry back, not to say that he was he was a stiff or anything, you know. But he his, picked up traits from Wally. Exactly. He became a little bit more silly. He, you know, he just he stopped wearing the bow tie. Oh, you know? I know. The, the bow tie and the comic book thing. They took those two things away from Barry, and I'm like, no. That's how we got the Golden Age back. The fact that Barry read comics. <laughs> I, it's just, like, I, I, I like... I like Barry enough, but yeah, Wally will be my Flash. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I'm a Barry fan. That's who I first met. But when I think Flash, I'm going to be honest, I think more Wally. You know? So yeah, so I, I hope Wally gets fair treatment in this story. And I'm, I'm very excited for it. And I think uh, it's interesting that you brought up Hunter, because as the reverse Flash, for him, or, or Zoom... Right. It's always weird. Like, do you call them Reverse Flash or yeah, do you Professor, call them Professor Zoom? Professor Zoom, Zoom, Reverse Flash. Yeah, it's, inertia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you call the guy? <laughs> so uh, he, Hunter Zolan himself, doesn't have Speed Force based powers. He doesn't have Speed yeah, Force. Yeah, just a time, he's a time manipulator. Driver. Yeah, you yeah. can manipulate time, and you know you can essentially use that to be a, a speedster. Speed, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you find him at the prelude to Flash War or the end of that one story where... Well, oh, yeah. I, I think it was like a, just the story right after the button. I think it was Running Scared. I think, because he's been in it for a while. But, but in that I one issue that they just had recently where it's like the beginning of the Flash War, it's like oh, yeah. the road to Flash War or something like that. Yeah, he's a central city cop of the future. Yeah, the future. And he which is not the, his thing. The, the, not the rogues, but the... Whatever they're... The, the, Good guy version. The Renegades? Yes, oh, yeah. 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 Renegades? Renegade, okay. yeah. He sent the Renegades back in time to, to help Stop the Flash. Stop yelling or yeah, some whatever. silliness. So, uh, I think it's interesting that you that they're going to tackle him in that way, whatever his part in the Flash War is going to be. Well, I just find it interesting. Like, how, does he, how is he in the future without powers? Because he was always a current modern-day character. Right. You know, so I don't know. But again... Flashpoint and then Reverse. So yeah, it's true. Some stuff has changed. But <laughs> no, I, I'm ex- I don't even know if he was around in New 52. No. Oh, my God. New 52 destroyed the, like, Zoom, which one ever you follow. Because yeah. it was, like, the first Reverse Flash was Wally's dad. New 52 That's Wally's right, dad. Yeah. And it was, like, what kind of craziness is that? This is I, at, In New 52, after Flashpoint, was Iris still from the future? You know, I, I don't think they gave her that. I, I don't think they did. Like, they've restored it now. So, and like, bit by bit, 
uh, Iris is getting her memories back because that last issue I was talking about last post, last podcast where right. I was like, oh, you know, she she kind of like she met Wally again. But yeah, I think during New Fifty Two, I think they took that away from her. You know, interesting. So. Okay, uh, was there more about that issue that you wanted to talk oh, about? Oh, no, no, I just, but again, pick it up, uh, Flash War is coming, this is going to be, obviously, if it's issue 46, we're building towards issue 50, so it's going to be some Flash stuff. War starts? Um, I think that's where it's going to end. Okay. Like, I would say, like, buy 50, then get 51, because of the conclusion. So, basically, if I were you, and I've been doing this myself, pick up issue 45, that's where Wally finally reveals himself to Iris, so it's like a semi-tie-in. But this one, issue 46, is billed as on the road to Flashpoint, or Flash War. So, yeah, this is where it's going to start happening. So I would, I'd grab those books. You know, it seems like since, since Flashpoint, they've had to, they keep trying to name the, the Flash events with the name Flash in it. So, <laughs> I mean, back in the, I mean, back in the day, back in, I guess, my heyday, it was, it was like Running Scared or uh, Heat Lightning. Terminal Velocity. Terminal Velocity, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dead Heat. Dead and, Heat, and, yeah, like they didn't have to inject flash. It was something with, well, let's let's use speed or speed themes. Right. Yeah. No. So I was wondering what I mean. How how far are you going to go with this? Because I think Flashpoint, you 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 got it. Cool, awesome. Flash War, you're you're a little stretching. Next thing's going to be is like flash fight, flash fight, <laughs> yeah. uh, or flashlight, flash <laughs> flashlight. You know, it's just like ah. Yeah. That well's drying up, guys. <laughs> you know what's one, and I'm so mad that they've never collected it. Chain Lightning. Chain Lightning. That was the one I was trying to think about. That was a great one. Oh my God, the art was beautiful. We got Dark Wally out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. You you can have the triplicate Wallies. You get Dark Wally, you get Classic Wally, and then you get New Fifty Two Wally. Right. And you know, just watch how all of them. You know, one's lighthearted, one's a young kid, and one's just angry with a lightning bolt scar. You know. <laughs> oh God, but I tell you what, a lot of people give a crap. I liked that Flash. I liked that costume. I, I thought that was a cool too, yeah. costume. Uh, but anyways, and you know what I do, Miss? Sorry, one last flash tangent. Okay. Uh, but like you new flashbacks. Yeah, well, yes, I do. <laughs> that was that was something again that 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 showed off Barry's science nerdiness. Yeah. We don't get enough of that. But anyways, but no, I, I really liked the, the the costume that Ethan Van Scriver made for Wally during Flash Rebirth. I thought that was so cool, and it only got like mm. eight issues. And I really loved it when Scott Collins drew it during the Blackest Night. Flash crossover, that three-parter. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, boom, Flashpoint. And it's like, oh, man, he has his cool costume. I only had it for like a collective eight issues or something. So anyways, yeah, that was a bummer. But uh, moving along, uh, we've got Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, issue 44. This will continue on with the Dark Stars. Uh, it's interesting. Like, I, 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 it was, it's a better twist than I thought it was going to be. Like, the controllers get screwed. You know, because they were orange, so it's like, oh, let's have them be the guardians of Larflees. No, guard, our Larflees stole them and ripped off their identity. <laughs> so somehow they survive, and then it's like, oh, let's create the Dark Stars. We'll bring back our guys. No, nope, the Dark Stars are like, fuck you guys. We're just going to kidnap you and drain power from you all. Uh, it's been pretty good, and again, this is another book that's building to its issue 50. Uh, Hal Jordan has a scary time when it comes to issue 50. Is issue 50 where we're going to get... Um... Uh, John Stewart, the UV Lantern. No, that'll actually happen in the Justice League book. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that won't be necessarily a Green Lantern thing. Will it affect the Green Lantern mythos? I hope so, but you I know, know, sometimes. I don't know how I feel about this. The UV Lantern, like, <laughs> are we gonna get infrared lanterns now too? I mean, are we, why are we going to the light spectrum instead of the color spectrum? You know, oh, I, yeah, the no, emotional I... spectrum, and I, I don't know. It's it seems a little much to me, but. I, 
do you have any insight into what? No, because honestly, we, we, we like all we have is just the solicit. So it's like, is it something else that maybe gets on Jon Stewart and arguments his power? I think that'd be cool. Is it a mix of two rings? Maybe he's wearing green and purple. I mean, I, it's so hard to say because all we have is just the image and the blurb, you know, oh, the UV lanterns, you know? So it's like, so can you just wear sunblock and you're okay? You, know, <laughs> yeah, that's you true. put on some sunglasses and you don't have to worry can, about it. Can, can he, like, uh, can he shoot out yellow sun rays so that Superman get even more power? Like, yeah. Can he power up Superman? Yeah, yeah, like, can he use this in a useful way? So now there's, it's just all conjecture now. You know, I, I personally, I think it's just hyperbole. I just think it's like, it's going to be a neat one issue gimmick. Like maybe like this Green Lantern ring charged off a, a different battery. And so he's got that kind of like the electric Superman that. thing. Yeah, I don't think it'll last long. You know, what happens if you have a Green Lantern ring and you charge it off of a Red Lantern? Yeah, like there's that. like there's a complete story that you could do. Because I always remember with uh, JLA Avengers, you know, Kyle was like, oh, I'm running out of power. And he charged his ring off a Cosmic Cube. And he kind of became that plant yeah, platinum lantern. Right, yeah. And I was like, hey, let's let's play with those ideas. Like, yeah. What would happen if Alan Scott, if he ex ex still existed, like charged off of a, a regular power battery, like a regular Green Lantern power battery? Because his, 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 did he have a power battery? Yeah, yeah. he had a lantern. Yeah. And they even did, like, it's a weird lost story. Uh, oh, man. Okay. It was called Superman Green Lantern Legends of the Green Flame. Mm -hmm. And it was when Neil Gaiman, he, he wrote this story back in like the 80s, and it didn't see publication until the 20s, the 2000s, sorry, the 20s. <laughs> we were all during the revolution, we're man. come up on the new 20s. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's scary, right? Uh, but anyway, so it was right around that time, and they didn't publish it as part of Action Comics Weekly. It was going to be kind of like the ending of that run. So they didn't publish it because in the story, Hal Jordan and... Clark Kent know each other's secret identities and they had just done Man of Steel and they're like nope, nobody knows who Superman is they'll only know him as Superman, not Clark Kent so they shelved the story and then once Neil Gaiman had his success with 1602 was getting back into comics DC was like, hey we got something we can do with Neil Gaiman, here we go so they had some people come in, pencil it, do a big jam and they released it but part of that story was they had a lantern and it basically, it's kind of implying that it's Alan Scott's lantern so Hal's like, oh, let's, you know, let's see what happens. So he just, in brightest day, and boom, it kills him and Superman. Wow. Yeah, and then they basically go on this crazy quest in the afterlife, and, you know, that's where they run into Dead Man and a Phantom Stranger, and then it helps so that way they could cross over with all the characters who were part of Action Comics Weekly. Nice. So, yeah. But, I mean, do stuff like that. Yeah, let's see what happens, you know? Like, what happens if you wear two rings? And what happens if you charge off a certain battery? You know? Is it, as in... Has it Kyle wore all the rings? Like, I don't well, know. we saw that, and you know, that's something I've been curious, and we'll never get a straight answer. But I'd be curious to ask: the White Lanterns we saw in Blackest Night, right. are they the same as the White Lantern Kyle had? Ooh. Because the White Lantern that was just a direct ring. The one Kyle had was mastery of the the other rings. Did he become a Gray Lantern? It kind of like. Well, yeah, and the, the first the first time he wore all the rings, yeah, he had that weird ass looking costume, and you know, and I guess technically he may have been the White Lantern, but I don't think they played up with it more than that. But yeah, you know, is that the same one or not? And plus, he he did the same thing. He made a White Lantern core, so there's like five rings out there, and they made it a big point, like in the the Hal Jordan book, where it was like, oh no, Kyle had to sacrifice the White Lantern ring to rebirth the Blue Lantern core. No, oh, there's still four rings out there, man. Come on, you know, like we have another Parallax Hal Jordan runner out there. We got like five, at least four 
different white lanterns running out there. What's going on with the blue lantern core? What's going on with all the other lantern cores? You know, like, it's, I don't know. Like, they really need to, like, I know there's Robert Vendetti's leaving Hal Jordan with issue 50. Uh, Dan Jurgens is doing a quick cross or like guest guest writer appearance in the Green Lanterns book, but I really want them to like let's come back to that universe and make it fun again. Let's let's bring something back. So you're in. saying we need a War of Light too? I'm down for it. If, I'm never going to say no to that. that. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's like we need we need somebody to come in and really be passionate about the book. And I know we have one mutual friend, um, Titi, who at San Diego Comic Con like years back. He had asked yeah. Jeff, Jeff Johns, like, what would happen if um, Alan Scott uh, got, got near a Blue Lantern? Got right? near Blue Lantern because the the thing is that if you, a Green Lantern is near a Blue Lantern, it powers supercharges them up. Yeah. up to two hundred percent. Yeah. So what would happen? And, and Jeff Johns' answer was, "Oh, tr- trust me, it's going to happen. Just keep reading, and it never happened." So. Oh, trust me. I remember my first exclusive scoop. <laughs> this was before we were geekily radioed all that. So. I was like, oh, Ivan Rise is having a panel? I'm going to go to it. No one was there. No one was there. And he told his story about being in comics. And you could see the few people that were there were, like, holding their Green Lantern books. And they're like, I can't wait for him to sign something. I can't wait for him to sign something. So he talks. He, he talks. And then they had his interpreter, you know, put it out there in English. And it was just great. And he was a friendly guy. I mean, it, you know, his art is so beautiful. So, like, you know, like, okay, does anybody want to ask any questions? And it was sad because it was, like, everybody just kind of like, can we just get to the signing? So then I'm going to be like, no, this guy's here to talk. I mean, this guy came in from like Brazil or somewhere. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to go, you know, so I get up there and I was like, okay, well, you know, you're doing a great job on Blackest Night and Green Lantern. And I you know you're not going to be on the Green Lantern book. What are you going to be up to next? And like, he looks at his interpreter and even his interpreter, uh, I want to say it's Prado or Frado. I can't remember the guy's name now. Joe Prado. Yeah. Those two work together. Usually uh, Ivan draws and Prado inks. And so those guys work together and they kind of look at each other and smile. And then Ivan Rise is like, here, you know, in his language, he's like, we're doing Secret Origin 2, The Fall of Sinestro. And I'm just like, oh my God. And like, you could see like the DC man is like, wait, shaking his head, no, 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 no. And every blogger, Secret Origin 2, The Secret of the Fall of Sinestro, you know, I was like, this is going to be awesome. Nothing. You know, well, the Green Lantern movie tanked, and you know, then Jeff Johns <laughs> went away, and it's like, yep, oh, it's we like, lost a lot. Was, uh, yeah, my my question to Paul Jenkins all those years ago, <laughs> uh, you know, the the writer of uh, Origin, origin yeah. you know, the one that officially gave Wolverine an origin, like where did he actually come from? And I, it, I hey, in this panel, it's drawn that you don't know whose hand that is. I need to know whose hand that is. Oh, don't worry, it's going to happen in Origin too. That Not even happen. close. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even involved in the Yeah, he wasn't even involved. So, uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's one of those things. Like, could you imagine if you could look in, like, an editor's drawer, like, in their desk? Like, you and I were there. I think we were talking, like, wasn't it when Marv Wolfman, when he stepped into being an editor, and yeah. the desk was clear out, and he opened it up, and, like, oh, somebody left these pages in this pitch in here. That's amazing. Let's make it happen. It's like, can you imagine all those, like, extra ideas that are on the writer's computer or on the artist's sketchbooks, you know, like, God, look at all this cool stuff that we'll never see. Now I would wonder if we could run into those guys now. Like, obviously, they haven't done After Origin. After the fact, yeah. yeah. They haven't done or- they've done Origin 2, and they didn't do whatever it was he was going to do. Like, I, if I could ask him now, he'd be like, yeah, this is what that actually meant. Like, I, I wonder if he would or if – you know, would he keep I that idea for later? Like, yeah, I, it's, it's, it, that's an interesting thing. 
No, that'd be kind of cool. Like that. There we go. There's our mission for when we do these cons. We're gonna find these two gentlemen. We're gonna be like, okay, what's going on? Will you recycle that idea or whatever? Because I think it was when we did the uh, Craven the Hunter. I, I recently learned. I was like, oh, he took that idea and recycled it in Batman because he did that one Batman going sane, and it was the Joker. And Batman and the Joker both died, quote unquote. And Joker was like, oh. Well, I can go back to being insane again because right, right. I've achieved my goal. It was like, <laughs> you know, so they take the idea, and in that case, it was like almost a one for one. Just let me tweak it a little. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, a lot of the tales from the back issues. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyways, so this is going to be the big book, though. This is the big stuff right here. Justice League, No Justice number one. So it's going to be a four-part crossover. So hopefully last Saturday, uh, sorry, last week, you bought the DC Nation book, and that has the first uh, no Justice, eight-page story in it, and then this will be part one. Now, this is going to be a four-part miniseries, and this is where we're going to see all the different teams, like Team Enthropy, Team Hope, or whatever they're called, and they have a little bit of color hues to them. So these are going to be the books, and then from this, we'll spin out the new Justice League, and then Justice League Dark, Justice League Odyssey. I think there's a third one. But anyways, if you want to get in on it, that's the book to go for. And Wonder Woman 46, I would definitely say keep on Wonder Woman books because that's building towards 50, and we should be getting like a new pantheon of gods. So I'll be curious to see what that will do to the DC universe. Uh, quickly going through Marvel Comics, um, if you missed out, the Death of Wolverine Complete Collection will be a trade paperback available to you. Despicable Dare Deadpool will actually hit issue 300, so right now it's very much anniversary year. So save your money and go buy the variant cover that you wish for. Did you did you buy the Death of Wolverine when it first came out? Yes. Was it a good story? You know what I did? I didn't read it. So you bought it <laughs> just sitting on the shelf waiting to be yeah. read. I um and I and I did it the right way too. I I bought the Wolverine book where he lost his healing factor. Mm -hmm. So I had those issues that were leading up to the powerless. I bought the actual Wolverine issues that because then like the book got relaunched. Because whatever Marvel knew now, wow, and then then they had the Death of Wolverine solo book, and they would like crisscross between the two or something. Oh, okay. like that. So I had this whole thing. It's like a, I want to say it's like maybe a, a sixteen issue read, and I missed out. So that's that's my reading homework. I need to go back and check it out myself. Uh, I probably will skip on the collection just because, but you know, for the new fans, I want to get in on it because yeah. I know those prices skyrocketed. Um, the actual Death of Wolverine book itself. Charles Soule and, oh man, I can't think, of, I can see the art, but I can't think of who the artist is. Maybe it was Finch, but it was art that looks along that line. Beautiful stuff. So I would, I'd put a good marking on it and not having read it, I'd say it's worth the money because I invested in it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so those are those. And then that tells you how he how he died and then now we have part of how his return is and we have hunt for wolverine adamantium agenda part one of four yeah there's like three there's four i think there's yeah there's like three or four different crossover books yeah that's i'm only buying one i'm buying the one with daredevil and that's just because charles soul is writing it so i was like okay he's the guy who killed wolverine he's the guy who writes dead daredevil this should be a good book that will have Impact. I didn't know that. I'm one of the suckers that's buying all four fucking crossover oh. books, and I, I feel like I'm gonna kick myself when I, after I get done reading most of those. Infinity Countdown number one will actually be getting a second printing. Um, I've been I've been enjoying Infinity Countdown. Like I, I can't say enough about um, Jerry Duggan doing a lot of what he's doing with the 
space universe and the Guardians of the Galaxy. So if you missed out, pick this up and do yourself a favor while you're at the comic shop. Pick up Infinity Countdown Prime and Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock. Those mm-hmm. will, and especially too, if you're hyped from the movie, this is this is going to be the book where. I think they're taking some cues because are we allowed to talk of the movie spoilers? Uh, I think we are. This is two and a half weeks out. I yeah. think we're okay. I mean, so we'll we'll dedicate the next two minutes to it. If you guys uh, don't want to hear the spoilers for whatever reason, just come back in two minutes and yeah. go. Okay. So in this book, at least in the Guardians of the Galaxy book by Duggan, Gamora. Part of her actually is living in the Soul Stone. There's an old woman version of Gamora. Oh, wow. And the Gamora that's alive knows part of her soul is missing. Okay. And obviously with Gamora being sacrificed to get the Soul Stone, and at the end when Thanos finally snaps his hands, his fingers, fingers, he sees young Gamora. So, like, I feel like they're playing with that. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, there's, he's definitely in there. And yeah. I, from what I understand, the original infinity gauntlet everybody all the people that got snapped away in that version the half of the universe that did they were all their shoulders stuck in the the gem as well yeah and so like they've played with that before like adam warlock lived in the gem mm. so there's a whole nother world in their soul world so yeah i mean obviously those heroes aren't dead but i i feel like that'll be like obviously what we're reading now will play there will be some clues you'll see them borrowing from each other that's why i have a a big feeling that we're going to see more with Nova and Adam Warlock. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening in the next movie. Um, so I think we did that in under two minutes? We did, but so we, I got another minute to talk about it. Oh. One thing that I hear a lot of people talking about and, and like the idea that uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision, like their relationship isn't earned because you don't really see most of it. And I think that's because between Civil War and... Oh, yeah, that time jump. There's two years. Yeah, yeah, there's two years that we don't see about and it's just not on the screen. But I also want to say is that you don't. I don't think anybody takes into account that Scarlet Witch gets all of her powers from the Mind Stone. Like when it was in the Scepter, it granted her and and um, her brother uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver, thank you. Their their powers because they weren't mutants anymore. Yeah, so it's like they have a shared connection. Exactly, and that's the Mind Stone brought him to life. So why wouldn't the two? Yeah, why wouldn't the two of them be drawn together that way? And like to me, to me, maybe I make that conclusion. Without it no, that makes said, sense. but it's yeah. it, all the evidence is there. It's not like I'm doing extra reading on the side. Yeah. Well, what cracks me up is how come everybody's okay with Hulk and Natasha, Bruce and Natasha? We didn't see their relationship grow. Yeah. But oh, that's okay. But yet now we see <laughs> uh, Wanda and Vision and Betty and Bruce. Sorry. Natasha and Bruce, that's never happened in the comics. No. Like, I don't even think those two have even been on an Avengers team together. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that was two, two minutes. We went a little bit yeah. over. Woo! There we go. We didn't spoil anything. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, it, oh, more books. More yeah. Books so so some last stuff here. Uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi adaptation number one. It'll be a six-part miniseries. So if you're a fan of that stuff, uh, definitely pick that up. True Believers. These are the cheap books. So we're gonna have True Believers: Wolverine, Blood Hungry, and True Believers: Wolverine versus Sabretooth. Those are always fun, just because you can get some good classic stories, and they obviously reprint certain stories for a reason. Uh, Venom number one will be relaunching. So obviously, for the hype of the movie, this is a good book. Um, I would get it. I mean, like they've been doing some really good stuff with Wolver or sorry, with Venom. So I think this is gonna be a fun run. X Men Blue twenty seven. Again, this is where we're dealing with more of the classic team lost in space and then this kind of new team that's formed by Magneto to stop havoc and this evolutionary brand of new mutants. 
And then last but not least, you are Deadpool, issue two. Yes, the interactive comic book where you become Deadpool. So this is going to be the VR of comic books. So a lot of good stuff out there this Wednesday. Bring your credit card. <laughs> yeah, in your first form. Uh, all right, that, that's on the spinnerback. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, our story for this week. So Nightfall, Batman Nightfall. This came out April of 1993. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, 93. Um. It went all the way to August of 1994, so it went on for more than a year. It went on so long. Well, I mean, I guess it's not just Nightfall. It's Nightfall, then Night, Night Quest, Quest, and then Night's End. Night's End, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it was, and it told the story, as you said earlier, it told the story of uh, Batman getting his back broken by Bane, a brand new villain. Brand new character. Brand yeah. new character. And I want to talk about this, though. Bane, you know, a character has this it has he has this uh hispanic background heritage yeah, he comes from the prison in santa prisca santa prisca a, a, a prison nation essentially yeah. and, uh, and he was born in the prison because his, his father committed a crime that escaped so they took his wife stuck her in prison and the only reason she got out of prison because she gave birth to the baby training the baby so she could be gone which okay i don't understand how that <laughs> prison system works but hey it's santa prisca <laughs> uh then he wears a uh, uh, Lucha Libre mask. Like, of all the things, or, I mean, I get it, kind of. I mean, it might be a little bit racist. <laughs> you could think of it that but way. But, you know, maybe this was my ignorance back in that time. I didn't see it as a Lucha mask. I didn't either. You know, I didn't, so I I, honestly, I didn't either. The first time someone pointed that out to me, I was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's true. Kind of it, yeah. it is a Lucha Libre mask. Yeah. I think it was more like probably the animated series would have done that for me. Because I think that was the first time where they showed the exposed nose. Right. And I was like, and just the, the first time they did it in the animated series, it looked horrible. Uh-huh. Like, he looked so goofy. <laughs> and then when they did the new animated series, he kind of like, I think, he, didn't he almost have like a venom effect, like the mouth would move, even though it's supposed to be a full-fledged yeah, mask a full or something mask. like that? And then they also threw in a whole bunch of like spikes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Goofy looking like a, collar, a spike collar or something. I don't know. It was just like, oh, okay, I guess that's where we're going. But uh, yeah, you know, this is supposed to be... I would say I would say that most of Batman's villains challenge him on a mental level, a mental oh, yeah. field. And Bane, I'm, and I'm not saying that he's dumb. He's obviously a smart, strategical villain as well. But he can he can match Batman on a physical level. Well, this is the first villain to put Batman on the ropes for both. Right. You know what a great and then too also something else. He's a great. Um, Guy just lost the word. Like he's a master planner, you know. Yeah. Like he he knew exactly what he was doing, and he had, he had this idea from his prison nation, which now he runs. He runs the nation, and you know, even though and keeps it a prison, but it's all you know. It's more just now he's the warden. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't exactly understand what it is, but yeah, he's and is it just like a, a is it a Craven the Hunter thing, or a, you know, I need to be the best. I'm going to take out Batman. I would definitely say there's probably some parallels to Craven the Hunter, you know, just because of that. Because when I remember, like, as a kid, and I actually read that when they did that Batman Nightfall novel adaptation. Mm-hmm. So I scored that book and I read it. And like I said, I never got to read um, Batman or Bane Vengeance, The Vengeance of Bane. I never got to read that one shot. So I didn't know the origins. And then the novelization, it had it in there. And from what it would tell, like, he would sit in his prison cell and, like, you know, obviously with him being a kid and there was one point where some older guy was going to attack him and he used the teddy bear shiv 
And that was like one of the things that like, if you wanted to calm down Bane, you gave him the teddy bear and he was like, oh, you know, Ozo, you know, my, my favorite childhood toy. Um, but it, it definitely was kind of like he had this fixation, like I will be the best. And then when he met his three henchmen, uh, Falcon, Trog and Zombie, when he met those three guys, you know, they, you know, they were talking, I think it was actually, wasn't it bird, not Falcon bird. And he was like, you know, who's the best man out there. And he's like, Oh, that's Batman. Because I came from Gotham city and I wound up in Santa Prisca. <laughs> and so he's like, then I will break this Batman and I will conquer his Gotham. So he did have that fixation. You know, <laughs> I could just see like, who's the best. Oh, Superman Metropolis. No, I can't beat that guy. Yeah. Who's next? <laughs> Batman. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> it is interesting that, yeah, someone didn't throw out that Superman. Obviously, he's much stronger than Batman. But yeah, I need a lot of time. Like, well, I can't really take on Superman. Because that reminds me, like, you brought it up, the, the Batman the Animated Series. Oh, wasn't that cool? That issue where, or issue, that episode where Superman puts on the Batman outfit and Robin's telling him what to do, and he's like, you know, go break the desk. What? Just break the desk in front of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh okay. <laughs> no, that was such a cool episode because, like, you, like it would like to me it was so cool to see to see Bane be scared. Right. You know, like, he didn't know what to expect. It's like, oh, oh God, I'm I'm shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so yeah, you had uh, Bane in the Vengeance of Bane book, and then uh, so my favorite character, my favorite Bat character, I guess. Uh, for the longest time, my favorite DC character, I would say he's still up there. It's just he doesn't get used as much. Well, now he's getting used he's more. He's getting some good. And then, but John Paul Valley was introduced in Sword of Azrael, which I, 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 I'm assuming that miniseries was just a hey, we need to make put this book together so that when we do this Nightfall story, uh, people know who he is. Yeah, because I think they learned from Superman. That's what a lot of people got mad at was, who the hell's Doomsday? Who is this guy? Mm. And then they kill Superman, they have the funeral, then they have the rain. And then, you know, a couple months later, that's when they did that prestige format book, Hunter Prey. Mm -hmm. And then we learned the origins of Doomsday. Had they done that in the beginning, he may have been received a little bit better. So I think the bat offices were like, okay, we're going to have the replacement. So let's introduce some sort of Azrael. And we're going to have the bad guy. Let's introduce him, Vengeance of Bane. Mm. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, With some Joe Quesada art. Joe Quesada, <laughs> Mr. Marvel himself. I'm going to take characters and put them in iron suits. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, he, he's the half of the creation of John Paul Valley, Azrael, uh, the other half being Dennis O'Neill. Um, yeah, this character of John Paul Valley, is, he's a college student who, at the time, didn't know that he was from birth subconsciously trained to be an assassin for a Catholic sect. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a very much a, uh, a Knights of the Templar type. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like if you watched, um, uh, Da Vinci code, you know, yeah, that the type same of thing stuff. that Paul Bettany's character was. So yeah. Um, the uh, order of St. Dumas. So they have their own religious right and they're, you know, they, they want the people to fall in line. They, if, if people get in the way, they send, they send out their sword, which is Azrael. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it was about the character. I just honestly really enjoyed him. I, I like the, the psychological uh, aspect of him. I like the, the subconscious training. I loved uh, the way that um, we he was able to over, because I honestly I started reading him. I started reading his character after after all of this. Like I I started really reading his character in um, Agent of the Bat. 
book. Yeah, when they, when he got his own book. Yeah. And even then, did you did you did you join his book at the start, or did you join it when they did that branding? I did when they did, did the branding, and then I went back and, and got the issues. Got the issues. So, and then you know, eventually got the Sword of Azrael book, and uh, I don't think I ever got Nightfall though. So, which is interesting. I did. I do remember I have one. I have one issue of it's either Superman or JLA. And it's after Superman came back from the dead, and he goes to visit uh, oh, Gotham. Superman 83, Funeral for a Friend epilogue. Okay. Yeah, because he goes to Gotham, and that's when Gene Paul's like, oh shit, he's going to know I'm not Bruce. <laughs> he does, but he doesn't realize it at first, right? Well, Superman didn't. Yeah. Superman actually didn't. He took it as that was Batman in the costume. Yeah, that he thought it was Bruce in the costume, yeah. right? So he just he talked to him like he thought it was Bruce in in. in Asriel, I remember, like, to a side, he goes, I, he doesn't realize that I'm not Bruce kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I would assume this is right in the middle of Night's Quest. Yeah, it definitely would have been. So that's why it was kind of like, like, the bad offices were like, no, you can't use him. We'll let you have the little guest appearance. <laughs> he's got to be badass enough that he tricks Superman. But yeah. Because he was in full-on uh, bad armor. Yeah, he was in like, bad armor. Yeah. And, and I remember Superman making a, a comment about that being like, oh, I, I see you're in this peek under the cowl or something. Yeah, you yeah. got this whole... Know, armored Batman thing going on. So, yeah, uh, I, I know I'm going a little too too long on no, that. Right. I know this is a character you love, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the the idea of him having to come back from all the atrocities he did in the name of Batman, because you know, by the time you get to the end of Night's End, which it's him versus Bruce, you know, in his full on armor and Bruce in in the regular Batman outfit to take back the title or whatever, because it's not just that. Asriel is kind of going a little too far. He's, yeah, he's getting he's, way absorbed in the system. Right. Or the order. Or the system. Like yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's the system. So, yeah, his uh, his his sub, subconscious training and, you know, you know, wanting the, the like, order. Wasn't he seeing the night? Mm-hmm. Like, he would have the visions, and that's why, like, you'd have Batman beating the shit out of some guy, and then he'd be, like, grabbing his head, like, no, master. <laughs> like, oh, God. So, yeah, just... I, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed that character. I I liked uh, what they did. And eventually his you know his book ends and he kind of dies at the end of the Agent of the Bat storyline or right. arc or you know book itself. So you don't really. It's an ambiguous death. Yeah, yeah, it's a very ambiguous death. You don't see his character again until Blackest Night. And uh, once again, <laughs> I believe Jeff Johns is very vague on which which. Asriel. Asriel has the black <laughs> ring there because his father, John Paul Valley's father, was also Asriel one time, yeah. and he was dead. In well, the basically, his first experience was to die, so yeah. he passed the mantle into his son, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So could have been the father. It could have been the father, yeah. but you know, it's very ambiguous again, and we don't see him again until Batman Eternal during. Uh, yeah, when they brought him back in New Fifty Two, and they're like, yeah. oh, and actually, no, I think that was Batman and Robin Eternal. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they brought him in in that book to because he, he was the one who was like with the orphan makers and stuff like yes. that. And that's why Cassandra came, right? Batgirl, she became orphan. Right. Yeah. So, and now he's uh, now he's a knight and you know, working through all of his his uh system uh training, not training. Sub, uh, sub, subconscious training. There's another word for the programming. Yeah, programming. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So all of that being said, Nightfall. <laughs> how was? Do you remember how the sales for that was? Like, it, did it hit bat, death, bat, death of Superman numbers? It, it got up there. I don't think it 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 hit as much. Like, I know because I, I, I the reason man or the reason Superman seventy five sold out was nobody knew what a comic shop was. Nobody cared what previews was. You know, 
it was what it was. Man, or the death of Superman brought people in the shops. And then obviously if you're, you're there and you're looking around, they started hyping up the breaking of Batman a little bit more. <clears throat> because I actually remember I scored a copy of Batman 497 where he gets his back broken. I bought it at a Circle K. Oh, wow. You know, I got a copy, first print, boom, you know. And, and so I think people knew to like, okay, let's start looking. Like what are the issue numbers? They were asking questions and they were getting it more in stock. Um, I want to say I think even though 497 was the big issue – 500 was the bigger issue because that's like somebody else is going to be Batman. This is crazy, you know, because nobody had ever been Batman. I mean, yeah, somebody would put the mask on and do an adventure, but like to actually have Bruce Wayne sidelined, that was crazy. Um, so, I mean, it, it was, it was very successful sales wise, but no, it wasn't Superman numbers, unfortunately. Um, but again, I think people were more prepared. So that's why you didn't have sellouts, you know, cause it's like, Oh, I'll order a hundred copies. I'm going to sell 100 copies this time. 120 people knew, so now you order 130, and you know you're well more in stock. Now, and I, I, I don't know if back in '93, you know, there was this the way I, I was. I know that San Diego Comic Con wasn't the way it is now. No, you could but, go to San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> but I mean, I would assume that DC would have been there. They, oh yeah, I know they they talked it up, and even then, it was it's funny because you ever go back and look at the old comics, they would have like today on AOL.com. <laughs> search DC comics and we'll be on the chat room to talk to you. And they would put out little blurbs and whatnot. And so do you think they, they hyped it up saying, look, this nightfall is going to go into night's quest and then night's in and it's going to be a 14 month or 18 month uh, thing. Or do you think they were just like, check out nightfall. It's going to be this huge story for six issues or whatever it was. Well, I think that I, I definitely think they knew to go from nightfall to night quest. But did they, I don't did think they, they knew how they were going to go. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely did. Because I remember, like I said, it, it, it culminated for Nightfall, it culminated in issue 500 when Gene, Paul, Valley, Batman beats Bane. And then they, they even told you, like, be here for the crusade. You know, so Nightfall or Night's, Night Quest the Crusade. I didn't know they had done Night Quest the Search, was Bruce Wayne going to find Dr. Sandra Kilvingsley and Jack Drake. Right. So I didn't catch on to that. So maybe I missed the marketing, but they did a better job telling you where to go because they were even like, oh, Robin's getting a new book out of this. And Robin did. You know, Chuck Dixon finally got an ongoing series for Robin. Um, so they did a better job of telling you where to go. But like, again, you know, they probably did it more month to month. But there was a book at the time. I, 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 I want to call it DC Nation, but I don't think it was called DC Nation. But it was that one where I, I got you the, the one because they did advertise like, oh, there's going to be this new character coming up, Azrael. So right, I was like, I think you technically have the official first, first appearance. First appearance, though. yeah. Yeah. So whatever that book was, Direct Currents. There we go, yeah. Direct Currents. So they actually did have a book out there. It was like a, a quarter or a dollar. And it would tell you what to look for and what to buy. So they did. Yeah, they definitely anticipated how much further to go. But I would wager, I would say, I don't think, I think it was probably going to culminate at Night Quest. And then it was just so big, it's like, hell, let's make Night's End. Let's make it a trilogy. You know, we'll copy the, the DC, the Superman offices. Now, obviously, in The Dark Knight Rises, the movie. Right. Uh, you know, we get the appearance of Bane, and that played by Tom Hardy. And they play up the whole, you know, Bane is this super strategist, and he he's turned the city kind of against Batman, and then he uh, he brings, you know, he out not only outsmarts him, but then also outfights him, you know, to the yeah. point where he breaks Christian Bale Batman's back, right, but, right. and then puts him in Santa Brisca, you know, to have to 
to heal for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm not gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna let you heal here, and then you know what you can come for me. Uh, do you think at, at at any point in time, Nolan and his writers said we're gonna have somebody throw on the Batman outfit while Batman's gone, kind of thing? You know, like a John Paul Valley stand-in. I. <sighs> Because to me, I feel like, and this is a story I didn't read, but I, I get more of a no man's land vibe. It definitely was that. It was a no man's land as opposed to it being that. that. Yeah. And so I, I don't think they were ever thinking Azrael. I think maybe they thought like, oh, for shock value, we could do more of an Azrael costume as an homage. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they were ever prepared to be like, let's have somebody else step into the costume. Because with them handling Robin that way, like with you know, John the, person going, yeah, yeah. You know. No, I, and I totally understand that. And I'm, I'm not saying that you would ever say Azrael oh, yeah. or John Paul Valley, but like, you know, just have like, uh, could they have had like a, an extra character running around the streets being a vigilante? Maybe, but yeah, I, like a suit, like a, a new story or something like, Oh, someone was wearing the Batman outfit. You know? He's the guy with the hockey pads. <laughs> oh, fair, fair enough. <laughs> that guy's name could have been John Paul Valley. I mean, he was a joke, but, you know, like, no, I think I, with that one, that movie felt like there was so much story in it that I felt like they were like, we got to trim the fat, mm-hmm. you know, like, and they should have even trimmed that last scene with the whole Robin thing. It didn't help. And, and, you know, it, I, I think they really did a disservice to the Bane character in that movie by making it, you know, Talia was the actual mastermind and everything because yeah. now he's just this lovesick puppy that just did whatever Talia said and he didn't really come up with anything he's, he's a really good fighter though yeah <laughs> well and I hate that because they even did that <clears throat> the first time with Bane you know like when they had him in Batman and Robin mm-hmm. I remember oh, yeah. Poison Ivy was getting like attacked and she's like oh man I'm not gonna be able to escape and she literally pushes the red button on Bane and he's like Whoa. he was like a wind up toy yeah essentially he's, you know? he's yeah. a mindless you know he's he should have been Solomon Grundy that's yeah. what he should have been yeah, and so it's a shame that it's like, what a great character concept, and we have yet to see him to his full potential. <laughs> That's where you, we should do, yeah, like Batman Eternal, or I don't know, get one of those landmark names, and have this be the Batman Bane movie, and we get to showcase both characters to their absolute finest. And you know, <laughs> I, I feel like that would be great. Like you could Ooh, Batman do, Vengeance. <laughs> you could do the next Batman movie as, you know, a, a, a Nightfall movie, and have Bane be this super... Uh, strategist and you know person that can actually defeat Batman in, in multiple ways, but you, I really feel like they don't want to go towards Bane because he was just in Batman. Yeah, I think they want to put him on that, that back burner where it's like okay, because like it took a while for Joker. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you'd think like oh Batman Begins, we should have the Joker, and he got reduced to that cameo. You're like oh there's this new guy yeah, coming. car. Yeah. So you're right. I feel like it's like okay, don't touch Ra's al Ghul. Ra- Ra's al Ghul. Right. The Joker. Two Face or Bane, don't or Scarecrow, don't touch them. Uh, yeah, I figure like you know, uh, Mister Freeze or uh, uh, Riddler. Like I really want to see a Riddler movie. Well, that'd be cool. Put him in like the fashion of Saw. Like you don't have to make him like that hardcore killer, but how cool to be that? Like you know, he he's he's deciding to be like a hero of the people, and he gets like the embezzlers, and yes. he's like, here we go, <laughs> you solve this riddle, and I'll set you free. <laughs> no, no, that'd be. I I think that's perfect. Yeah. Don't totally play up the whole Batman is a detective because we haven't seen that. Yeah, we need that. We need that. Like, you know, I would I would pitch if I did that, and they, you know, you can't just have one villain. I would have Riddler, and I'd have him being like an agent of Black Mask. Black Mask would be kind of neat to go. That would be a cool villain too. Yeah, I mean, especially they love to do the whole Batman goes up against organized crime kind of thing. So, but that gives you the suits, and there you go. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but that's not what we're talking about. Right, here so, we go. <laughs> let's go ahead and start our casting in the Marvel Universe. So somebody will be broken in the MU. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. All right, fact, what you got? <laughs> I went with, I mean, I don't know how direct, I don't know. To me, one of the, like, if you're thinking of who's Batman in the Marvel Universe, it's Daredevil. Like, he's, he he does have that extra bonus of having a radar sense, if that's yeah. what you say it, or, you know, radar sight, however you want to say it. But he has trained his body. He's trained oh, yeah. himself. He's to a fighter. Be, uh, yeah, the fighter, uh, a weapon of sorts. And he is subject to being broken like that. Like, every depiction you see him, you, Matt Murdock, yeah, he's got bruises. Yeah, he's got cuts. He's got He's bleeding in the shower. Like, nah. he's got those things that... You don't see other heroes have because either they're superhuman, superhuman, or they have a healing factor, or, you know, stuff like that. Because we just see Spider-Man sewing. That's it. You know, <laughs> Daredevil's like spitting out a tooth and like, oh damn it. <laughs> like yeah, no, exactly. And, and Spider-Man, yeah, he gets a building dropped on him, and, and he looks like he he. I think the most you ever see. Okay, don't get me wrong. There's times when people draw him where he's got bruises and cuts and stuff like that, but, but most of the time it's just he's tired. Like, he's like, I am exhausted. Yeah, Fair this enough. Is, this is the eighth round. Okay, here we go. As opposed to, yeah. No, you got you got Matt Murdock. His eye is closed from the from the punches. He's, yeah. got, he's spitting out a tooth. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, Matt Murdock goes up against uh, another, I, I think, a very much Bane character in the Marvel Universe would be uh, Nuke. You know? I like that. He's the character that, he's another one of these... The government's going to recreate, uh, not Superman, Captain America, you know, in another way. We're going to, we need another super soldier because Captain America hasn't been, hasn't been seen since World War II. And, oh, guess what? We came up with these pills. You got the red pill that's going to amp up his, his uh, reflexes, his speed, his strength. His white pill uh, levels him out and his blue pill brings him down, you know, so, uh, Essentially, it's a, a pill popper. It's it's uh it's another like another super yeah. steroid kind of thing. That that's ex- exactly what Bane was. You know, it's a super steroid, and uh, I I can just see that you know this guy he's got the American flag right on his face, tattooed on his face, and he's calling out Daredevil. It's like, no, you are not helping America the way that it needs to be helped. This is what needs to be done. You don't you know you don't ha- you don't know what it is. I'm taking you out and. Boom, you know, like with all of Matt's advantages of being the, the 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 master martial artist, you know, having his radar sense, he just can't keep up with the enhanced speed and strength and uh, reflexes that Nuke has. Yeah, and even then, two Nukes physiology, if that's the right word I should be using. But he's got like adamantium lacing on his body, I, so like you punch him in the chest, he's not necessarily feeling that because there's adamantium plates underneath. Right. So this even hurts Daredevil, where it's like <laughs> you've got to be smart enough to like, okay, i got to hit pressure points, but pressure does points. a man like Nuke have pressure points anymore after he's been rebuilt and all that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that happens, and instead of, because in, in the Nightfall story, Batman and Robin, Tim Drake at the time, they take in John Paul Valley and yeah. they start training him. Batman's training him to be more of a Gotham fighter, a Gotham vigilante, and then he gets Tim Drake to train uh, Nightwing, or not Wayne, sorry, uh, Azrael into being more of a detective because that's what Tim Drake is. He's the detective Robin. So you don't have that with Daredevil. Daredevil doesn't have sidekicks. To me, what you have is you have a crazy man. You have a man 
who already has multiple personalities. You have a man who starts to think, maybe I am Daredevil. Like, he thinks <laughs> it. So, new Moon Knight. Moon Knight comes in, yes. and he takes over the identity of, of Daredevil because he thinks he is. I want him to have a, like, Matt Murdock persona. persona. <laughs> like, he's touching the gloves of, of Battling Jack, and he's like, I'll honor you, father. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's perfect, but in my mind, he doesn't. He doesn't know Matt Murdock is. is oh, okay. He just he just realizes that Daredevil's not around anymore because you know Daredevil has been been broken. So he just takes over the persona. Like it's one of the it, I guess four three personalities inside of his head. He's like, oh no no, I was running around as Daredevil too, like kind of thing. So he throws on the red suit and he he starts fighting. But the thing is, you know, Nightwing's a little bit more brutal than than Daredevil. Like in in the same way that. John Paul Valley as as the Batman gets a little bit more brutal. Like the two, obviously Batman and, and Daredevil know how to fight. They know how to take it, take an enemy down. But maybe Moon Knight goes a little bit further, and now we're we're going into that that Frank Castle kind of area. <laughs> like we kill, and it's like, oh, you're not supposed to kill, but I kill. So what do you want okay. me to do? About <laughs> it? Uh, let's see. The other things that we had, we had who are who are our team up villains? So. Uh, in the in the Nightfall story, it was Joker and yeah, Joker and Scarecrow. They teamed up because most of the other villains just took advantage of the chaos. And Joker and Scarecrow were like, "Hey, let's kidnap the mayor and let's put the town crazy." And that was one of the most amazing parts of that story. And then obviously they really screw with Batman, and they get Batman to a point where he actually had a bloodlust because they expose him to the fear toxins mm-hmm. and Joker gas, and all he can do is remember Jason Todd, and he savagely beats the shit out of Joker. Luckily, they escape, and even Joker's like, oh, my God, this guy's nuts, you know? And then they find themselves hiding out in an amusement park, and they're pissed because it's like, we lost the mayor. That was our bargaining chip, and, you know, they're blaming each other, and finally Scarecrow's like, I don't need you, you damn clown, and he gasses him, and then Joker covers his face, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. That was a great flavor. Does it come in cherry, you know? And they just beat the shit out of each other, but that was such a cool moment to be like, whoa, here's, you know, uh, a professor of psychology dealing with a lunatic. And it's like, that's pretty awesome. So in, in the way I saw it was, you know, who is who Joker being Batman's ultimate villain, I guess, you know, his, right. The his, real, the real arch nemesis. Right. Man. And then you got the man who, who create mass hysteria because you already have with, with Bane, he went in, uh, exploded Arkham, let out everybody out kind of thing. You have the, the, the mad people running the streets. So you, you know the the, the scarecrow distraction. Yeah, yeah, the scarecrow can also you know create mass hysteria in, in with his gas. So, who is the arch nemesis to Daredevil? In my in my eyes, it's one of two people. It's, it's right. either Wilson Fisk or Bullseye. So I say Bullseye. You take right. Bullseye, and then who's the one that's going to cause mass hysteria over there? Very similar to the scarecrow, Mister Fear. I like that combo. You know, and and to the point where Bullseye. Maybe he does go crazy also, like when the two, the two of them have to fight each other, but that's not going to affect his, his ability to hit the bullseye. So I, yeah. I just, I, the idea of... Uh, just unleashes him a little yeah, bit more. Maybe even, yeah. So that, that could be an interesting fight right there. And you know what's cool about that? I like that, that, that set of characters you pick because Bullseye is famous for killing Karen Page. And then Mr. Fear, now there's been a couple of Mr. Fears, but I imagine if you use the most recent one, he's the one who's responsible for driving Matt's wife, Mila Donovan, crazy right so like the two women that daredevils loved were taken away by these two guys so i, I could i could that, see yeah. like the panel where it's like 
yeah, you know, I got Karen. Well, so what? I drove his wife nuts, you know? Like, <laughs> maybe that scene where they're boasting each other up, you know? <laughs> uh, and then I think our... So my, my, my event would be the raft. The raft exploding, you know, Duke lets out those those uh, criminals, you know, Daredevil probably put away a good amount. Maybe Daredevil put out a way, uh, put away a couple of them. Matt Murdock might have put away a couple of them. He might have even defended a couple of them, right. being, a, being a lawyer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that that would be that. Oh, and then our, our side characters, because our Tim Drakes and our uh, Alfreds, who, you know, find, find the Batman when yeah. he's broken. Uh, and uh, what was the, uh, the third character that we... Uh, oh, Catwoman, she had a bit oh. to play in it. And then Dr. Sandra Kelvinsley and Jack Drake, they were kidnapped and traveled. Nightwing was Nightwing. trying to run interference. Yeah, because yeah. he, he would have been hurt that, you know, he needed to take over the persona, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would, I would, I guess, you know, you go, you go with... Uh, uh, Foggy. I, I keep wanting to say that he's happy. It's, it's all John Favreau's fault. Uh, he's the happy, foggiest man out there. Yeah, Foggy finding him, you know, having to, to stitch him back up or, you know, finding find the doctor to, to heal him. Uh, Electra. Electra's got to show up, right? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 the Catwoman equivalent. Yeah, she's not just going to let anything happen to Matt without her being a part of it, too. Yeah. Uh, and then, who is, I mean, who, I guess this is where I would fall. I mean, who's another person that, that's not Karen Page, that knows Matt, you know, in that way, that would be by his side? or Well, you could you could definitely play that, because now, now I see what you're saying, where, because, yeah, when Batman was, just, his back was broken, he was thrown off a building by Bane mm-hmm. and left there, and then the ambulance showed up, and it was Tim, Alfred, and Jean-Paul Valley. So those three scooped up Batman and drove him away because even Gordon was like, who just took him? Why did you guys let this happen? So in that case, if you're having those characters go with that, maybe maybe use Night Nurse because oh. she's been a part of the, Bat, the, the the Daredevil universe, you know, the, the street corners of Hell's Kitchen. So, you know, that gives you the medical person. I like that. And, you know, Electra's going to be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, you know, like she could bring in some of the mysticism that helps heals them. And Foggy's like, that's my friend. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I know that because, like I said, I've never read Nightfall properly, but I know in Hush, they retroactively added in Tommy Elliot as the one that helped uh, re- recuperated Bruce after he's his fight with uh, with Bane. Was that actually part of the Nightfall? No, because no. Tommy Tommy wasn't created until Jim Lee and and Jeff okay. Loeb's Hush. So yeah, because that's when because I remember during Hush they were like, oh, he healed, he helped. Uh, did the surgery on his back, and they said that it was a skiing accident, and that's kind of what they ended up doing again in Hush, like when when you didn't know that Tommy Elliott was Hush at the time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he hurt his back again. What what happened? Another skiing accident? And he's like, oh yeah, you know, me and my skiing. Crazy Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so, um, I I I I almost I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up because I was almost about to try and throw in a Tommy Elliott character too, but we don't need to because there's Doctor Loving. Oh, or what would you say that? Oh, Doctor Chandra Kildingsley or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, that's my nightfall in the. So my lights out. <laughs> lights out. That's lights a good one. Yeah, boxing. Yeah. So. Well, and I like that too because I think something that's really neat because <clears throat> the venom actually predates Bane. Really? So like I was saying, yeah. Um, when they launched that Batman Legends of the Dark Knight book, so it was either the second or third arc, and it was called Venom. And basically, Batman couldn't save this little girl, and you know she drowned, and Batman felt horrible. And this was one of the times where he was like, I need to go console the victim. 
so the victim is a you know this doctor and he's like oh it's a shame my daughter died and he doesn't really care you know it's kind of like that you know like a bear will eat the cub because a bear can always make another cub type of thing and so he um he's actually working on the venom drug and you know he starts slipping it to batman and batman's like getting really strong and and he's he's being careless you know because he's dealing with the venom stuff and so after that goes down he um <clears throat> he winds up fighting bruce wayne and he actually goes to santa prisca and he winds up staying there and because it's like international law batman can only do so much and so it's one of those unsolved cases but the venom drug did exist before the characters oh. and i think denny o'neill he either wrote it or he was definitely the editor of the book and so when they decided with Bane, I thought that was cool that, hey, let's take this Venom that's out there and let's use this in this island of Santa Prisca and all that stuff that predated. Wow. And I think that's neat because with Nuke, Nuke plays that same idea where it's like, hey, we've got a character, Captain America. So, you know, all these different experiments have been out there with the whole Weapon 1 idea. So I think that's neat that you have that similarness between those two characters. Interesting. All right. So... Well, let's see, where did you go in the Marvel Universe? All right, so my Nightfall is going to take place in the Captain America universe. So, yes, I'm going to break Captain America. <laughs> we've already taken away Super Soldier Serum. We've had it kill him. We've had him get old. We've had him get young. We've had all these crazy things. Now I'm going to be the guy. You had him become a Hydra agent. Yep, yep. So <laughs> I'm going to put him in a wheelchair. That's my plan today. Wow. So Captain America, Steve Rogers, this will not be a trick. <laughs> this will not be steve all right? This will be the real deal. So I'm going to take from the Daredevil uh, Black Widow books, I'm going to bring a character that was recently killed, and I'm going to give him one of those comic book deaths, but I'm going to take Damon Dran. He is going to be my Bane. Now, the reason I like this guy is he's actually, he's definitely, he's a smart guy. Uh, he appeared in the Daredevil books, and he fought, you know, Bullseye, or sorry, he fought uh, Daredevil and Black Widow, but basically he's just a munitions guy. You know, but he's got to be smart. You know, I mean, if you're going to build this business, you're going to run that type of weaponry and stuff like that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him a better inspiration. He's just tired of being like, why am I the outlaw? You know, like, why do I got to deal with all this bullshit? So he's going to he's going to make change the way he needs it. So Damon Dran, he's going to survive and he's going to be the background character. Um, he does have cyborg implants and he's also been called the indestructible man. So I think that should be strong enough to take down Captain America. Okay. You know, and again, we have the super soldier serum pumping in Steve's veins. That doesn't mean bones can't be broken. No. So that's, that's where I'm going to go with that. Um, so my event, I'm going to kind of bounce around here. So the event, um, what he's going to do is he's going to coax the Serpent Society into actually breaking in and taking over the Pentagon and holding it, you know, for ransom, hostage, oh. and all that stuff. So they're going to be breaking in, and that's what's going to force Cap and his allies to go. Now, my three supporting characters that I'll focus on, I want Black Widow, Winter Soldier, and Falcon. Um, and I think this will be neat because we've seen Winter Soldier and Falcon actually be Captain America. So obviously, you know, with Captain America being sidelined, they're going to look to each other to be like, who steps over? Do we both step in? How do we do this? You know, because... Surprise, surprise, it goes to Black Widow. She's become yep. the, the <laughs> Russian. Yep. Captain America. <laughs> we did twist. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, the Serpent Society is going to go there. And the reason they're taking the Pentagon is because they're going to implant their own general. So I kind of want to do that Del Rusk thing, but I can't do Del Rusk. Right. So basically, you know, Damon's going to have one of his guys and they're going to remake him to look like a big general. So that way they can actually start approving some of this um, 
munitions use and things like that. So he's going to take the government from within, but he's also in there for another strategic reason. So their plan is, you know, while that's going on, Damon's going to come and he's going to attack and beat the shit out of Captain America, you know, and he's going to, you know, like this will probably culminate because it's weird. Like Captain America is definitely home in New York. So, you know, I'll probably do that where Steve gets attacked in his brownstone and then, you know, Damon just throws him to the streets, you know, and it's like, there you go. So obviously SEAL agents will come and pick up Steve. So we don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Now, right as that's going on, Americop is going to come back. That's not me making this up. I know you're like, how could such a cool idea not have come from Chris? No, this is going to be the character Bart Gallows, if I remember if I'm saying it correctly. So he is basically, he was kind of like, um, oh, how would I say this? He also was a stand-in type Captain America wannabe, you know, okay. but he's more, or yeah, Bartholomew Gallows. He like, he's basically more towards Punisher, but more Captain America. So they gave him the title America Cop, Americop. And what I'm going to do is he's been locked up. Now, Americop and Damon Dran were enemies. Like in their, one of their initial stories, they fought each other. So what's going to happen is kind of doing that Azrael system thing. Mm -hmm. He's going to really indoctrine Americop into like that really hard fascist wing of America, you know, almost like a neo-Nazi-esque type of thing. So he's going to be that pretty boy to be in the new suit and be Captain America. So they're going to set him free. They're going to let him be the new Captain America. And so that's what's going to be funny is I want to have that discussion with Winter Soldier and Falcon where they're like, you should be Cap. No, you should be Cap because <laughs> they really don't want to do it. You know, like Winter Soldier's like, dude, I'm a Russian killer. That's all people are going to think of me as. And Falcon's like, dude, I botched it when I was Captain America. Like, I didn't do a good job, you know. And then Black Widow, like, now I'm going to steal that where she's like, maybe I should just be Captain America. <laughs> Captain America is a unisex term, you know, so who cares? But then, boom, yeah, you're going to have Americop step out and he's going to be the brand new Captain America. Wow. And I want the costume to obviously look a little bit different, like kind of like what they did for Gene Paul Valley, you know, like not necessarily to like these crazy gauntlets and stuff like that. But it's, you know, like I want it to be darker. Like I know when Bucky stepped up to be Captain America, they, you know, they put the black in the costume. Right. Uh, and even if you look at. Uh, I, would, I would love like since he's a cop or he was a Maricop, like his shield to be kind of a badge, like look like a, a police badge, like kind of thing. Oh yeah, and actually I'm glad that steers me in a good way. I kind of want him to look maybe a little bit Judge Dredgy, Ooh, you know, like yeah. something like that, where it's like, I am the captain, you kind, know. Kind of like um, uh, Frank Castle's Captain America? Like oh, better than that. <laughs> but something to that, yeah. So like this is the Captain America you fear, you know, so he's going to be something like that. Because even here, like if you go to the Americop, um, wikipedia page they have some art and i'm surprised you ever run across this character because the color the cover is from thunderbolts desperate measures oh. so he's been kind of tied into that universe so yeah so he's going to be totally influenced he's going to be puppet string from damon dran and damon dran has his general in the pentagon so he's basically kind of slowly taking over the country from a political and military standpoint so steve's out in this wheelchair uh, the Serpent Society's got chances to run free. Now, of course, you know, all the villains don't really have somebody to stop them. So this is a team-up I'm going to do more for my own personal sake. Like, there's no reason to put them together. Or it's like, oh, they don't really add anything more to each other. But I'm going to steal Nuke. I want Nuke. And I Ooh. want Crossbones. Oh. I, I want those two. 
And it's going to be great because they are essentially both meatheads, you know, so they're fighting each, you know, they're fighting and they're doing all this stuff. And I want there to be that bickering where it's like, dude, that crime could have done a lot better if you hadn't rushed. Well, if you had been blah, 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 blah. So, but I want to have a scene at one point where like they're fighting each other and they realize they can't do anything to each other. So I want to get Crossbones to be like at one point, like, you know, he sees Nuke's stash of pills, and I want him to pop a red pill Ooh. just so we can see what would Crossbones look like amped up on a red pill. And, you know, you know? Uh, well, I, I love that there's the, the tie-in, because once again, another Lucha Libre mask. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, when I was, my biggest exposure to Crossbones is uh, his run on Luke Cage's Thunderbolt. Yeah, and when I read that, you know, I read up a little bit on Crossbones, and I don't know if that's the if if it's an implant story or what, but he was yet another attempt to create a Captain America. Like they, the government manipulated this, you know, uh, young kid from Brooklyn because you know there's like oh you know Captain America was from Brooklyn, so <laughs> that's he, the secret. <laughs> that's the secret kind of thing, yeah. But he was more of a. You know, it, it's like in the movies, like, you know, you know, whatever you are, it amplifies kind of thing. And he just he he wasn't a bad kid. You just wasn't the right kid. Kind yeah, of thing. he didn't so, have the right. Oh, man. Like, demeanor. The, the, yeah, demeanor, yeah. you know, that that that, that character. So yeah. Nuke and and Crossbones teaming up together yeah. that are both failed attempts, you know, quote yeah. unquote failed attempts to. Yeah, so they're both these low end Captain America. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're just going to be going like, I'm going to just have them traveling west and they're just causing chaos in their way. But like I said, I want that point to the point where it's like these two meatheads are just so fed up with each other and they can't hurt each other. So yeah, let's see what Crossbones would look like hopped up on a red pill. <laughs> I think that'd be neat. So like I said, that's just for pure selfish reasons. It doesn't really add to the story, but that's what I want. Which I don't know if you're reading Weapon X or not, because I'm reading that right now. And, and one of the most recent stories, they had uh, the Weapon X team go yeah. to a, what is it, Santa Marco, I believe it's <laughs> called, uh, where Nuke had started uh, mass producing his pills and he took on a whole, you know, a, a private security um, firm and all of his soldiers were taking uh, nuke pills and um, so then you like basically our team is being out beat by a bunch of nukes so what what do they do they, they pop red pills you got old man Logan yeah that's right because they did have the, the, the covers with the, the yeah, flag faces exactly. yeah that's right so about that. you uh, you know and, and obviously um, Sabretooth and Lee Deathstrike they, they liked the feeling Right. Because those are the blood two, lust. <laughs> yeah, those are the two that are the real villains on the team that they're they don't really know why they're there. They're just kinda like tagging along. They so, question the editor. <laughs> <laughs> essentially. So uh, that, I think that's an interesting yeah, that, that's an interesting pill that's just floating around in the Marvel universe yeah. that really isn't being utilized enough, I don't think. No, the like, idea I, of it. Yeah, to me it's like something that like, yeah, let's play with it. Let's have some people like can you imagine Red Hulk amped up on one? Holy could moly. You, so could you imagine nuke pills and uh, mutant growth hormone at the same time? Oh, shoot. <laughs> wow. And then maybe some tarragon mist? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that person would be <laughs> – their heart would just explode. <laughs> but thanks to the tarragon mist, it'll reform. <laughs> Uh, all right, and did you? Was there another part of the next? One? No, so that that covers all the things. So basically, what I would do is I would have Black Widow, Winter Soldier, and Falcon. That this is like their spotlight, and it is they're going to really embrace their roles. Like you know, Winter Soldier is going to learn. I don't need to be Cap. I'm going to do what I need to do. So probably I would put Winter Soldier in charge of taking down Nuke and Crossbones. Uh, Black Widow, I'm going to put her more in charge of taking down Damon because that's a character from her books. Like in this this last uh, the Black Widow series, she 
quote unquote killed him. So I'm going to undo that death, but this time she's going to make sure it happens. Then Falcon's going to be the face that's going to get people to rally to be like, do you not see what's going on? We've got something happening here. Um, Steve is going to have that broken back, but I want to play with something that we need a doctor to help him. And so it's famously that it was Dr. Erskine. So just because of the happenstance and the way comics work, this will wind up being the great, great granddaughter of Dr. Erskine. So she won't have the, uh, you know, the super soldier serum formula, but she'll be able to know how to manipulate. Like she'll, she'll obviously be a doctor of some kind and she'll, she'll help Steve heal his spine. So she'll like kind of work with his body and kind of, tweak a healing factor because obviously Captain America's got a healing factor. Right. We've seen him heal faster. So this is where she'll kind of help speed up that process. And, uh, and so this wouldn't be someone that was in the, the, the Van Patten family. No, no. Okay. Like she'll, she'll be the other cousins that are further down the line. Cause I forgot about the Van Patten. So I'm going to do what they do. Well, I'll do what they do in every other comic series. It's like, Oh yeah, that's uh, we forgot about those. So that didn't exist. <laughs> uh, and, and I forgot to mention this in my story. I know it's, terrible to go back but uh i wasn't gonna just cripple you know um daredevil, daredevil. i wanted to have nuke like actually like rupture uh, his uh, eardrums so Ooh. that takes away his like his radar, radar senses sense. shut down yeah, yeah so uh in your story like obviously maybe night nurse or whoever heals gets him to heal his hearing and he, he comes back to full form after a year or whatever right you know maybe he trains with the hand a little bit more or you know well i think that'd be neat like you could play like yeah he'll reclaim the mantle and save the city right. but could you imagine that do that for like a couple of arcs have daredevil not be able to use his hearing yeah so how does he have uh, how does he adapt and how does he deal with his radar sense being a little dull rely on smell or touch yeah. a little bit more kind of thing yeah, that'd be kind of cool some visuals to play with yeah um but do you how do you like my what I sorry what, <laughs> what I think of like with Captain America being in a wheelchair like you like you you depicted in the story I think of Barbara Gordon being in right. a wheelchair and you know how much DC embraced that idea of her being Oracle and you know being able to fight from the wheelchair and, and do it you know with masterful skill right you know her she was able to use those batons in a way that you know probably would not be able to do it in real life I don't know I. I no, but they, they definitely, they didn't just put her helpless, not yes, to say that, exactly. you know, but she she still remembered her training and her abilities. But you, yeah. You often, often saw her, like, working on the pummel horse, which, you know, a pummel horse, you mm-hmm. use your arms and you, you're, you're whipping your legs around and stuff, so she would still be able to defend herself, if need be, from the wheelchair. Yeah. Would you do, would you do the same with Captain America? Do you, I mean, obviously, eventually he's going to get back to his feet and he has to go fight, uh, uh, America for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay, so then you're getting me to think a little bit more. So here's what I would love to do. So we do have various versions of the Red Skull running around there. And one of them actually was living in a cloned body of Steve Rogers. Oh. So maybe, you know, maybe you have some kind of advanced, I don't know, how they grow organs and stuff like that. So maybe they could grow some cells that'll help Steve heal from red skull so yeah i think maybe that'd be neat to have like the red skull sees this and he's mad that there's a coup and he's not leading it and he's not involved in it so he's going to go challenge steve and of course steve yeah let's see how steve does against his greatest enemy even in his own body but that's where you really show off steve's mind that tactician side and yeah it's got to be like how do i fight without the use of my lower half so yeah that could be kind of cool to have that moment and then obviously he will 
we'll put him at a stalemate just because, you know, comics love to do stuff like that. So I'm at a stalemate, and that's when, you know, um, you could have, what's his name, uh, the Red Skull kind of like give him a vial of blood and be like, I've treated this. It's up to you if you want to use it. So then they give it to that great-great-granddaughter, and she's like, oh, my God, there's so many healing properties in the, here. The, Marvel the, science. The, the, the missing pieces that I needed. Yep, you know, it's got, it's got Kirby bits in it. <laughs> Some unstable particles just to be... As an old module. We'll call this the Simon formula. There you go. So uh, that's great. I, I love the deep dive that you did with for your story and uh, was, were able to uh, throw in... Throw in... I really throw oh, in... And one last thing. Sorry. Sorry. So I'm going to call this... So it was Nightfall. I'm going to call this story Half Mast. Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah. you got the double entendre. Yeah. I, I still like it. Uh, but no, yeah, the deep dive and then the, the, the way that you took out Captain America that I don't really, I mean, I don't remember ever seeing that in a way, like you're, you're making it so that he's not dead. He's not, uh, he's not an old man. He's no. not, uh, he's not de-super soldiered. I'm he's, not going to mess with the, the silver soldier serum. It's still there. But I just like the fact that the American government stepped in, obviously not the true American government, but they stepped in and like, look, Cap, you're healing your sideline. We need somebody out there. And so they release America. And it's got to be tough for Steve to sit there and, like, realize that, yeah, I'm kind of in my own prison cell and there's nothing I can do. I'm watching all these things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great story. Okay, now, that was Nightfall. Uh, tune in next time. We are going to go through the rest of the Night in Night Quest storyline. And we'll give you the rest of that story. We're, we won't do a challenge, but we'll kind of more of a... Uh, kind of like a one-on-one on it. Yeah, kind of a one-on-one. And, we, you know, we'll finish off that story in our next issue. Uh, if you have any questions or would like to throw in any comments about that, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter as Mitchipedia, G-E-R. Uh, Chris is also on Twitter as... Stuff I should say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, GeekEliteRadio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time... This is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.